What's up, everybody? It's David, and I'm very excited to announce that we've heard the cries of the people, how they were requesting that Logan, Jeremy, and myself mess with tradition every single week. So I'm proud to announce that we are launching the Theme Park Shuffle. It's a brand new podcast. Now, I know in the past we've done some Main Street Magic episodes, and we did one that we answered a question you didn't know you wanted asked. What if there was a pro wrestling theme park? We're going to play that one right now in its entirety. And in the future, tune in to the theme park shuffle. Because you don't always have to go left when you go in the park. Mix it up. Join us for the theme park shuffle. Logan, David, welcome. Uh, most of all, welcome David, who's first time uh, appearing on Main Street Magic. I know Logan's kind of like a, a pro now. Uh, David will soon <laughs> be a pro. Uh, but appreciate you guys joining for this uh, very interesting bonus episode. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, we've been trying this for how long, Jeremy? Uh, it's, well, it's been quite a while, David, and, 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 and I will say, um, I think this is like almost your introduction to the Main Street Magic uh, podcast because there are several things that I think we want to discuss in the future. Um, it's worked out well that Logan and I have been able to connect on so many opportunities. Uh, David, you You're are welcome. a very, very busy man. Uh, you know, saving lives, doing everything that you do. So we appreciate you every day. Um, but first of all, I, I kind of want to start with this, the thought of what are we doing? Because, you know, we got, we got three guys here. We got three friends. Uh, you two have been best buddies for quite some time. Uh, David, you were nice enough to introduce me to Logan um, uh, several years ago uh, as we went on your bachelor party to Walt Disney World and went to Epcot Food and Wine. Uh, we can have a whole other episode on some things that happened there. But <laughs> See, look, everything comes back to Disney. Ironically, right? this whole thing started with a Disney trip. It did. It did. And that's what's so cool. And then all of a sudden, we're here talking about wrestling and WrestleMania, which as much as I would like to think I know about Disney, I, I know absolutely nothing about wrestling. <laughs> and well perfect how like i'm trying to remember because i remember you know the three of us will text and we often text and we talk marvel you know we were talking wandavision a lot we'll talk some things disney things like that i'm actually trying to pinpoint the moment where this idea came about and i was like that sounds awesome because it does this sounds like such a fascinating and interesting bonus episode uh for our community and listeners but what happened where did this come from do you guys remember exactly what was going on? Oh man, I could try to go back through all the texts <laughs> and find it, but I, I I think it was just we were we were just joking around, talking about different ideas, and um, and then we just somehow through all the one division talk, somehow I think David even just sort of jokingly threw out the idea of why don't we just make a, a wrestling theme park, and yeah. it was like that's it that's the idea <laughs> we must make this happen yeah i think i think in in growing up me and logan have joked about it before like you know if this was this what kind of ride would it be and etc but um haven't really put much thought into it until we started doing this and here we go yeah now how long have you two known each other since i was three wow and so 37 me. years we have known each other yeah wow 
So and yeah, so David and I, I mean, we, we literally grew up just houses down from one another down the same street. We would just spend our entire childhood drawing comic books together, creating comic books together. So always doing something creative, storytelling into sports. Uh, we even started our own backyard wrestling organization, Who's Your Daddy Wrestling? So wow. you are currently talking to the former WYDW champion <laughs> and leader of the Four Horsemen of Apocalypse, the man, Apocalypse. And, of course, David was... I was Taz. Uh, I have a background in martial arts, and my instructor thought I had a good spinning kick, so he jokingly would call me the Tasmanian Devil. That's amazing. Um, so I translated that over to stealing an ECW character's name and becoming Taz. <laughs> <laughs> and together amazing. we were the unstoppable duo of social anarchy. anarchy. Oh, wow. All right. So, see, I didn't know all this. Um, for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, well, now it's out for the world, the world to hear and know. But that's outstanding. I mean, and and why wouldn't you have that type of, you know, uh, childhood and, and that type of imagination? I love that, um, that you guys have known each other so long. And that's what, honestly, I'm, you know, as little as I know about wrestling, I'm so excited to learn from you guys, and I know it's going to be a fun conversation, and I'm hoping that my uh, idiocracy will actually lend to this conversation for a little bit of entertainment and hopefully add to the, all the knowledge and everything that you guys have, because I do know that this is you know, such a um, uh, specific uh, fandom. Uh, it is a very um, you know, dedicated fandom. And it has been around for a long time. And so what I think we're going to start off with, because I feel like Logan, for me, is like my historian. Um, and again, both Professor of you guys, this, well, this is what I love. Both of you guys have so much knowledge and you have so much creativity. And the creativity is what I think uh, lends to everything. Because, you know, uh, Logan is wonderful at putting together notes. And, and David, you got big shoes to fill because everybody loves Logan when he comes on the show. So don't mess this up, man. Um, but <laughs> well, hey, the, the good news is by looking at the Facebook page, there are so many of your listeners that aren't going to listen to this. Oh, they're so, going to. I don't think it's going to matter. All that so much. what I was going to do is I'm going to put up headshots of both of you and at least we'll get the ladies to tune in <laughs> just so they can hear your voices. But oh, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but what I love is that, you know, uh, Logan puts in the, the research and the detail. But the simple fact is, is that. Anybody can put in the research to to figure out history. But what you guys both bring to the table is the creativity and the actual knowledge that you can expand and expound on all of these things. And I think that's what's going to make this so interesting as we move forward. Uh, with that being said, Logan, I would love if you run through a little bit of the history of uh, WrestleMania. Uh, you will not only teach me, but you will teach many of our listeners. And for the ones that are Wrestle. Uh, pro wrestling fans, they're just going to be like, this is awesome. You know, this is a blast from the past. So uh, kick it off, Logan, and then we're going to get into uh, basically creating some interesting uh, pro wrestling uh, theme parks, Hall of Fame, some different ideas. You got it, man. So, so WrestleMania 37 will be happening live on Saturday, April 10th and Sunday, April 11th. So this two-day event will feature 11 confirmed matches and more unannounced matches as of the recording date. This, we are recording on March 30th. So there's plenty more matches to be announced still. Now, WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of sports entertainment. So for wrestling fans, 
whether you're a fan of WWE or not, WrestleMania is iconic. WrestleMania is the Mecca. WrestleMania has the history. So the very first WrestleMania took place on March 31st, 1985. It is the longest running and most successful wrestling event in history. So this pay-per-view event was created by the professional wrestling promotion, WWE, a.k.a. World Wrestling Entertainment, which is a media and entertainment company that started back in the 1950s under a different name, and evolved into the sports entertainment giant it is today. So the first WrestleMania was held in Madison Square Garden there in New York City, and the main event was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Now, what separated WrestleMania from other super cards of the, the time, which is a super card just means a card, which is the list of matches for that particular event, and the supercard features all of the biggest superstars competing with the titles on the line. So what made WrestleMania different from all the other supercards at that time was the focus on bringing celebrities outside of pro wrestling into the event and creating more of a spectacle. So Mania featured the team up of Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in the main event, both of which made their feature film debuts a few years earlier in Rocky three. Oh. Uh, yeah. So iconic awesome. um, as well as boxer Muhammad Ali as a guest referee musician, Cindy Lauper as a manager and pianist Liberace as the timekeeper. So it, it's this blending of professional wrestling with pop culture that proved to be a huge success and really catapulted the company to the next level. So the attendance for the first time event was 19,121. Not bad for a first time event. Yeah. Two years later at WrestleMania three, they would shatter that attendance number with 93,173 fans in attendance, making it the highest attended indoor sports event until 2010 when the NBA All-Stars game took the title. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, that's again, as somebody who is 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 not a fan and doesn't know the history, that is uh, incredible. I mean, that's amazing. What's funny is back then, the way that you had to watch it is you had to go to a movie theater that had a closed circuit uh, contract or arrangement. And that is how you watch WrestleMania. There wasn't pay-per-view at the time. So you'd have to find like a movie theater or like a local venue that was going to have it on closed circuit and go watch it. Now, did, did y'all do that? I mean, I know we're, you know, we're looking at the earlier years, but you guys are old enough that you could have gone and, and done that. Um, do you guys remember? Like, I was what, five. You were, no, five, no. So, <laughs> so you weren't exactly going to a movie theater to catch it. Um, but w was that something? And we're going to, of course, get into a little bit more of the history here. Is that something that you guys did? Like, what was your first that you remember WrestleMania experience? Was it at home with pay-per-view so, or was it somewhere local or were you I would sitting at a us, bar, David? For us, um, wrestling was VHS tapes that we'd go and pick up at a, wow. the little video store up the road from us. Me and Logan had a local video store that we could ride our bikes to. And it was wrestling VHS tapes and Nintendo games is the, the things that yeah. we would go up there for. So if we got to watch a pay-per-view, I recall it being like a treat. Like, yeah, 
we didn't actually ever get to watch the pay-per-views live as they were happening, but yeah, we were it wasn't them. until we were much older that we started doing the actual live pay-per-views. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and when we first started watching, I mean, I remember watching on the Chicago network, watching NWA. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was kind of like one of the introductions and then watching Saturday morning uh, superstars as far as uh, an, an early introduction and also the magazines. I remember the magazines yep. when I would go to the bookstore and I'd see WWF magazine and I was just like, what is this? I've got to check this out because it literally being obsessed with comics like we were wrestling is living, breathing comic book superheroes. Wow. That, you know, that's yeah, a, actually a really great way to put it. I mean, I never actually thought of that kind of comparison. You're right. You have these uh, characters and alter egos that have been created to perform in such a manner that they really are like live action uh, comic book heroes. That's really cool. That's a cool. And thought. so many of them, I mean, they're, they're physical specimens. These, these oh, are yeah. people who have the bodies that are illustrated in comic books that the majority of us don't have, you know, so it, they well, really speak for are yourself, in Logan. so many ways, the comic, like real life comic book characters. Yeah. Um, continue a little bit with some of the history and then I'm going to have a few, few questions that I'm jotting down. Uh, yeah, and we so, can keep going. So yeah, let's hear the rest of some of this history. Cause this really is fascinating to me, to be honest. Awesome. Good, good, good. So, um, the WWE Hall of Fame. So this is to, was created in 1993 to honor professional wrestlers and personalities maintained by WWE. So the first inductee was the legendary Andre the Giant, who had passed away in January of that same year. So they held ceremonies to celebrate in 1994, 95, and 96. Then they stopped for eight years until bringing it back at the 2004 WrestleMania. And since then, they've they've held ceremonies every year during WrestleMania weekend, with the only exception being last year due to COVID. And all of the 2020 inductees will be honored this year, along with the 2021 inductees. And there are now over 200 inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame, with some wrestlers even being inducted multiple times as individual wrestlers and as part of a tag team or faction. Okay. Um well, yeah, let's talk some about this. So one, um, you guys have heard, I met Andre the Giant. Have you heard that story? Wait, what? No. Yeah, you have not heard that story. You guys should listen no. to more Main Street Magic. Somehow it's come up several times. So um, this, man, I'm trying to think. So he passed away in 93. I bet this would have been around 1990. Um, so I'd have been around 10, 11 years old. Uh, my dad used to get us uh, tickets as often as he could every year to see the Washington Bullets when they were the Washington Bullets NBA basketball team. Uh, every time the Chicago Bulls, because my brother was a huge Jordan fan. So when the Bulls would come to town to Washington, uh, my dad would get us tickets. Uh, they were often not great tickets. They were usually pretty far away. But one time for I can't remember the reason was uh, we got there real early and we actually had decent seats. And prior to the game, uh, like the marketing team, like it was cheerleaders, marketing team, they came up to us. I think we were with our really good friends that lived about two or three doors up. Called, they were the Miknas. Uh, Jamie and Ryan were some of our best friends growing up. And um, they said, at halftime, we do like a show. We want you to come out. We want you to hold up 
like cards. We want kids to hold up cards that spell out like, you know, go bullets or whatever it was. And so like, okay, we'll do that. And so right before about five, 10 minutes before halftime, um, we were supposed to go like into a back area and get the cards and they were going to tell us where to go. And we have the cards and we're walking out through the little hallway onto the court and Andre the Giant is standing there. And we're just like, I mean, we knew who he was, even though we weren't wrestling fans. I'm 10. He's what, seven feet tall. He's the most massive human being I've ever seen ever. And I just vaguely remember getting a chance to shake his hand, which was basically like, you know, me putting my pinky into like wow, a, a, baseball, a, a mitt. baseball mitt. Yeah. And it, it was just insane. It was just like, didn't think anything of it. Um, I, I mean, I, I if I remember correctly, like I can picture it, but I can't. Uh, I think he was, you know, wearing normal clothes for a person of that size, but like pants and a button up shirt or something. It's not like he was in a uni or anything. So, um, but I, and, and I don't even know what he was doing there. He just, he was there and he was kind of in that you know back area and um it was crazy it was cool like it's one of my favorite stories yeah yeah so it was it was insane you know i imagine andre the giant could not comfortably sit i cannot comfortably sit in (laughs) a stadium seat so i can't imagine somebody like andre the giant or the big show or great Kali, people who are over seven feet tall comfortably sitting in any kind of sports arena seat no not at all it was jeremy I did. Yeah, I, I, I think I remember knowing who it was. Um, did you know him from Princess Bride or wrestling? I feel like <laughs> Princess Bride, yeah. most likely. Um, you know, we were we were just not exposed to wrestling as kids. I mean, we were exposed to a lot. I mean, we were more exposed to things like uh, Sylvester Stallone and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and those types of, like, you know, heroes in a sense or action heroes. Whereas wrestling was a different style of action here. We grew up as a basketball family. That was the sport we watched. Uh, eventually, it, it would go to baseball and things like that, but we never got into wrestling. Um, I, I think one of the questions that is obviously going to linger for anyone other than those that enjoy wrestling, and I'm just going to ask it, and, and this isn't to be offensive, I know the answer because I understand from a long history of my brother what athletes really are what entertainment is the question everybody wants to ask and you guys know it is wrestling real is pro wrestling real and how would you guys respond to people that ultimately are going to ask that question to you about pro wrestling want me to take this one sure go for it so um i have been lucky enough to know um a guy that was a quote-unquote pro wrestler he did it on a very very small like local tiny florida gym scale yeah but i got to sort of train and do do some stuff with him um is pro wrestling fake it is predetermined okay they know when they go out there who is going to win and who is going to lose and what the ending of said match is going to be what would surprise a lot of people is that 90% 90% of what they do, they make up on the fly. Oh, wow. Um, and what they're doing is they're taking the crowd's reaction to things. And if they're not into something, they're going to change it. If they're really into something, they're going to keep going with it. And the way they do it is they're talking to each other the whole entire time. 
Wow. They are talking. They're using hand signals. Like when they squeeze each other's hand a certain way, that means something. Um, so yes, it is predetermined. And of course they are taking care of each other, but these dudes that are six, five, they're doing four fifty flips off the ropes are that athletic. Yeah. And, and absolutely some of the stuff they do hurts. Um, they don't have fake chairs. They don't have fake tables. That's all real. Um, they just have tricks where they try to take care of each other the best they can. Wow. So fake, no predetermined. Yes. Okay. And, and it's not that it's a choreographed dance. It could technically start that way. But again, they're responding to each other in a way, mm-hmm. um, which, which is honestly, I mean, th- those are athletes. It's, it's no different than responding to a play or the way the defense sets up on, on a football field or in basketball or anything. I mean, none of that. Yeah, and these guys are a, a thousand times more physical um, in, in a lot of those senses. That's fascinating. So I got to be a, a, a I'm making air quotes, bad guy <laughs> manager one time for, uh, for my buddy. And what was really neat was that the, uh, his opponent was directing me things to do. Like if the crowd reacted a certain way, he'd tell me like, Hey man, do, do this more or Hey, do that more. So yeah, the whole thing is, um, you know, everybody's got a role like an actor and an actress, you know, Josh Brolin isn't really Thanos who's trying to wipe out half of population. Um, but, but yeah, a majority of it, they are taking the crowd's reaction. They are adjusting what they do. They might have one or two things that they said, oh, man, I, I really want to do this or I really want to do that. But uh, but yeah, the, the better guys just go out there and sort of go with the flow. So that again, not not that you guys are, are you know, have every insight to anything, but obviously, David, you've had experience. And I know, again, uh, you know, you guys both are so knowledgeable. I think that the acting portion, in a sense, is what fascinates me even more because of the fact that, you know, I went back and, and I started today, I started looking at a whole bunch of like some old quick quotes and interviews from some of these classic re- wrestlers like, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin, and of course, The Rock and, you know, um, Randy Savage and some of these guys. And when you watch their presence, um, it's obviously a alter ego in a personality is is this something as far as you guys know that they, and this is going into such a different realm that I had imagined from the beginning. And I swear <laughs> we'll get into talking about like theme parks, but I'm actually really interested. Is this something that they like, are they just developed the, this themselves or is it manager driven? Is it, are they taking acting classes? Is it just obviously Hulk Hogan was an extravagant or is an extravagant guy, but what type of, I guess, molding or instruction do you think they're given or you know they're given to say, this is the personality and the alter ego you have to take on? Because it's not like any other sport. You know, there's certainly there's certainly pro athletes that take on uh, certain alter egos that are probably much more driven by a PR purpose because they have to potentially look good or whatever. That's not in wrestling. These guys are like, hey, you're the villain. You're the hero. You act this way. You act that way. How how the heck does that work? <laughs> okay. Well, so I've heard many interviews um, by many different wrestlers that say the most successful wrestlers uh, are themselves with the volume turned up to like a hundred. Okay. So 
you, you'll find that a lot of wrestlers who portray a character that isn't theirs tend to not be super successful. Um, it's, it's few and far between I can think of that somebody's taken something that isn't their idea and run with it. Maybe like Taker, Undertaker was clearly not the guy that's playing him's idea to be that character, but he made it his own. But yeah, if you look, he owned it. Yeah, he owned it. But if you look at The Rock, right? Yeah. The Rock, the wrestler, and Dwayne Johnson, the guy, really aren't that different. Yeah. It's just Dwayne Johnson cranking Turned the up. volume up. Yeah. Turn it to 11. And, and <laughs> turn it to 11. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, Hulk Hogan is, you know, he, he was probably playing a character that he, he probably kind of got a little down the rabbit hole with and had to be that guy. But most of the super successful ones, Stone Cold Steve Austin is legit a beer drinking redneck. He just <laughs> doesn't, you know, beat up his boss on the regular. Yeah. So um, I, I think the ones who are given direction and told, okay, hey, you're a sumo wrestler or hey, you're a golf caddy. You don't tend to remember those guys. But the ones who own their own character and like make it their own are tend to be the successful ones. Yeah. Logan. I, I, I think everything you said, um, I agree with it. And like you said, also based off of a lot of interviews that have been done from wrestlers talking about how their characters have developed, especially you, you've heard plenty of them either talk about from a side of frustration where they're forced to play something that they don't believe in and that they've, they've put in the effort. They've tried to make this character get over, which for those of you who don't know wrestling terms over just means it's, it's getting over with the crowd. The crowd likes it. So that's getting over. Um, so they're, they're trying their best, but there are just certain things that you can't pull off no matter how good of an actor you are with a live crowd and with certain attributes of a character or the other frustration may be where you have a writer telling you, this is how your character should act. But you as the actor who better understands the character, you say, no, that's not how my character would act. My character would act this way. So there can be some conflicts there. And really it is about sort of owning the character Evolving the character, Chris Jericho is just a classic example of a wrestler who is constantly redefining himself and is rolling with every opportunity and even opportunities he's not given. He's like, all right, well, you're not giving me an opportunity. Well, by not giving me one, I'm going to go make one. And so you see that a lot in wrestling. And um, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's fascinating, the whole character evolution. And you were talking about like how these characters are made. Um, when you look at places like the WWE Performance Center, where they're actually being trained to cut promos, they're using that time at the Performance Center to develop a character. So that's the goal. They're they're coming in. They're either they're newbies or they're veterans who've been on the indie scene who are coming in and already have sort of a character fleshed out and are forced to change that character. They can't use the character they've been using sometimes for five to 10 years. So they got to start over with some new gimmick. And so there is that evolution and that change. And, and with these, these training facilities, part of the training is not just making you a better wrestler, but it's also helping you develop a character that will get you over. 
like the the rock started out technically as kind of like a villain correct no uh, no no he was what they would call a baby face <laughs> okay. which a baby face is like captain america so he's uh, okay. somebody who's you know just as sweet as american pie gotcha. so that's what he came out as and people hated him yeah okay that's so, what i'm thinking then okay so that's a that's a good example of they tried to force him to be something that he wasn't like all right you're the son of a pro wrestler you're the grandson of a pro wrestler go out there and smile as big as you can be as happy as you can all the time and in two months the crowd was chanting die rocky die like they <laughs> okay. shoved him down their throats and they hated him for it Gotcha. The second that the second that he became a bad guy, quote unquote, and they took the leash off of him and just let him be Dwayne Johnson, he was a bad guy that everybody loved. You you'll find that happens in wrestling a lot, like in comic books, right? Like yeah. Venom is monumentally cooler than Spider Man, and <laughs> Thanos is the bad guy. But man, Thanos is sure awesome. The bad guy wrestlers tend to be the ones that you know everybody sort of really loves because they're cool bad guys yeah and in wrestling the bad guy is called the heel yes so you have okay. the face and you have the heel the face yeah. and the, the heel. face yeah. is the good guy okay and the heel is the bad guy interesting okay and it Man. takes it takes a lot for somebody to be like if you're a heel you don't want to be a cool heel you right. don't want people to cheer for you you want them to hate you like Back in the day, wrestling had something called kayfabe, which meant if you're a heel on TV, you're a heel not on TV. You go to separate restaurants as the good guys. You are mean to everybody, you know, within reason in public. Yeah. I mean, you know, there weren't people's Twitter handles that were showing them as like humans and real people. And also, yeah, it was really serious back then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine if like Hulk Hogan and all had a Twitter handle back then? How interesting would that be? <laughs> if social media was around 30 years ago, especially with wrestling, that would be such an interesting, interesting. Concept. You know, here, here's what I find so interesting to me, the the new world of wrestling with the social media and everything. I actually appreciate what they're doing as characters more knowing the real versions. Yeah that I get to see either in behind the scenes videos in podcasts that they're participating in, not being kayfabe, just being themselves. And then when they go out there in the ring and they perform and they turn into that other character, I have a greater appreciation for what they're doing, knowing a lot of times too. I think it's so cool that um, they, they get to do these behind the scenes focus on, on people because you get to hear their real story to me. The origin, it's like, uh, you know, uh, when you talk about comic books, to me, the origin story for a lot of the comic book characters is far more fascinating than what they're doing as characters. Yeah. And yeah. whether that's the origin story of how the character was created in the world of comics or the origin story as in how the creators themselves came up with the inspiration for those characters that brought them to life. That just fascinates me. And it gives you a, a greater appreciation for the art and, and a craft that goes into not only creating these characters, but telling these stories through wrestling. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Um, th- this is, this is just, I mean, seriously, already, 
uh, I was so interested earlier, you know, I mean, we knew we were doing this. We started lining it up and I was like, this is going to be interesting. I don't know, you know, what to offer or what to say. This is turning into a two-part episode already. (laughs) And it may, and that's cool. I just, this is like already, I can tell you, if we literally just stopped recording right now, I'm really interested to to go back and start to um, look more into wrestling and WrestleMania. You guys have honestly already shed a light that I never thought of because I was one of the ones that, you know, I kind of look back at the videos and I'm like, this is absurd. You know, this really, you know, and and it's easy for people to think that, especially when, you know, they're they're putting this off as a a pro sport, which it 100 percent is. But it's the same thing. Well, it's not the same thing. You know, you you look at people that look at, um, you know, everything from pro bowling to pro anything that isn't one of the major sports that we're talking about you know uh basketball baseball football soccer things like that and i think this gets easily cast aside because of the fact that it has some of the most entertainment value based on these characters and that that's what i think is fascinating me the most is that i actually want to go back and 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 watch all of this and watch these characters and you know see the way that they're putting not only a very serious professional sport that i you know i know david you're saying that they're premeditated but they're you know they can go off the fly they can be seriously injured they can be seriously hurt like any other sport this is not a dance routine And on top of that, they have to live in the life of a character like a Hulk Hogan or, you know, again, uh, The Rock and Steve Austin. And and while some of them may not be as separated as others from their own actual reality and personalities, this is pretty big. I mean, this is something that's really interesting um, that I don't think most people understand. And I hope that this episode brings light to that because... We're not a pro wrestling podcast. So hopefully people will listen to this and go, huh. (laughs) Think of it this way. So like Ryan Reynolds, right? He's got to be really good at playing Deadpool. Mm -hmm. But then a stuntman comes in and does all his fight scenes. Yeah. And then when Ryan Reynolds goes home and isn't wearing the Deadpool mask, he's not Deadpool. Now take a professional wrestler like um, there's a guy named John Moxley, who a lot of professional wrestlers fans will know. He has to A be an actor he's got to do it in one take because it's live then he has to do his own stunts in one take because it's live he's got to protect himself he's got to protect the person that he's wrestling against and when he leaves and is out in an airport he's john moxley you know what i mean so they are the athletic level of a pro athlete they can do stuff that a lot of athletes can't think of doing they're actors who get it right in one take and they're stunt people who get it right in one take. So they take all of it and wrap it into one ball. That's crazy. Wow. Um, all right, let's let's get into questions because and we may have a whole other th- like I well, first of all, the three of us when we can, let's just get together and have drinks and cuz I would like to even just talk more about <laughs> wrestling. And let's watch wrestling. Like let's yeah, just wa- I want to watch wrestling now. I really do. Let's I want to do it. I do want to do a Disney podcast, though, guys. Oh, you're, no, you're coming on. I've, I've got you on a list. I've, it's We got you, brother. Because um, you're an incredible artist and, and storyteller as well. Um, that's why I love you two guys. Both of you are, are, are amazing. Let's get into uh, some of the questions uh, that I think uh, we have to kind of actually lead where this episode was supposed to go. 
but I'm so glad it didn't to start because that, you know, this has been really cool. And anybody listening, um, if you're not enjoying this, this is entertainment, I think. And you guys are, are, I think, teaching people a lot about a sport they didn't realize these things about. So, um, you know, Logan, you talked about uh, the WWE and having their Hall of Fame. But again, as we look at other pro sports, they don't have a true Hall of Fame. They don't have, correct, a, a, a building or a museum to actually highlight WWE wrestling. Um, if this was something that could exist, what would you guys want that to look like? And where do you think that you would put something like that? We can start, uh, we can start with Logan first. Yeah, so I mean, I think... I'll give it a little bit of uh, historical context as well. So in the past, WWE held what they called WrestleMania access during the week of mania. So this event was like a mini convention where fans could meet the wrestlers, get autographs, watch live matches, climb inside an actual ring. They could try their best at commentating a match. And they could also find exclusive WWE merchandise inside what was called the WrestleMania Superstore. So from 2013 to 2019, uh, WWE also honored a Hall of Famer with a bronze statue of their likeness at Access. So they're already building quite the collection of statues. So in, in my opinion, these statues combined with the iconic props that are being stored in WWE headquarters uh, would make for some really fun exhibits and photo ops. And here's just a, a short list of props that you could find inside a, a WWE museum if they would ever release them from the headquarters. So you have a collection of different caskets and coffins used by the wrestler, The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. You have a massive SmackDown fist, which for those of you who don't know, SmackDown is is one of the, the shows featured by WWE. You have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, so this massive SmackDown fist that's, I think it's eight feet tall, 12 feet wide and 17 feet long. And this thing hung over their entry ramp during most of the 2000 era. Wow. So you also have a race car that was sponsored by the WWE original ring used for the first WrestleMania. And then you combine this with their entire video vault, classic photos, promotional posters, collection of WWE action figures, championship belts, ring worn gear from the different superstars over the decades. And there would be plenty of material to make a museum a reality. So we'll see what happens. Wow. Uh, Well, David, are you going to visit that? What are you adding? Um, Well, I know we've always talked about why isn't there like a real museum that you could go you know cooperstown has baseball and yep. you can go look at all this wwe has as much history as stuff like that and they have so many props and stuff that you can look at i mean just there's such like a culture of championship belt enthusiast that if you had a whole like section of just the history of belts that would be fascinating and i know we've always talked about like the most ideal place we thought to put it Let's see, there's a performance center in Orlando. Um, WWE is so Florida-based right now. So many of the wrestlers live in Florida. Logan and I always used to talk about, uh, heck, we used to talk about it before there was a city walk, but 
it's a universal thing, man. And yeah. and to have that at City Walk, to have an actual WWE like walk through Hall of Fame slash museum at City Walk, I think it fits in there perfectly. Yeah. Um, you know, as you talk about those things, what do you think the reason is that it isn't that that pro wrestling in WWE is not as big as the other major sports? You know, you guys talked earlier about as kids growing up with with cards in magazines and VHS tapes. Why is this, in your opinion, not on the same level with Hall of Fames and museums as some of the major sports like baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and soccer? Oh, I, I actually, I wouldn't say it's not as popular. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have billions, billions of subscribers and followers. I mean, but in they a mainstream, do you think like in a mainstream um yeah do do you think it's the same in mainstream though as the other major sports like is there a wrestling season and again this is this is coming from someone that doesn't follow so i could be completely wrong but as a casual person of all sports i don't see it on the level as some of the other major sports and i wonder why that's I think that's just because you're holding it to a standard of sport okay. and sport mm-hmm. alone. And right. I think it's the inter- entertainment because it's, it's sports entertainment. Yes. Yep. And okay. because of that entertainment part of it, people do not consider it a sport because in, in theory, a sport involves a competition of some kind where there's a winner and a loser and it's not fixed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it is a true competition in theory of course we know sports are on so many levels rigged in so many ways but we we won't always go into that (laughs) but you know that is part of the the stigma is because it's not a sport quote unquote not considered a sport like football and baseball and soccer and hockey are considered a sport uh, but it's it's entertainment that runs year round yeah so you know when you talk about a season their season starts January 1st and ends December 31st. It starts all over again every year. So yeah. they don't they don't have the breaks. Wrestlers wrestle year round. Wow. It is a continuous sport if you want to call it that. So this it it really is entertainment year round. So it it just is in a league of its own and that's part of the stigma in itself. It's almost more of a soap opera that runs year round and that it, that's also gotten a kind of a negative stigma is because in a lot of ways the acting has not always been spectacular <laughs> and so they've had that you know or the storylines have been completely outlandish and absurd and that's that's been used against them for people who are like oh this is ridiculous that's so fake or the wrestling there's been bad wrestling too where you're just like oh that was fake they missed that punch you're like well i mean they're not they're not perfect and right. camera angles change all the time. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to think about it. These, you know, before COVID, they basically did two days of live television and then three days of house shows. So that would be like an NFL player playing on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are playing games that nobody sees on TV. Right. Wow. Wow. Um, and then also, you know, you're talking about how they're not as mainstream. If you look at like, wrestling social media numbers versus NBA versus major league baseball. Um, If you look at like the subscriber count on the WWE network, 
if you look at ratings that Monday Night Raw has done, it blows all of it out of the water. Really? Wow. So the only thing it doesn't is when like March Madness comes along and then maybe like NFL playoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, why do I, why is there not, is it not as mainstream? There isn't a physical Hall of Fame or a physical anywhere for yeah. people to go. But I imagine if there was, uh, it probably would dwarf Cooperstown and Canton and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say, let's just say there is an opportunity for that and you guys are in charge, right? So you guys are in charge of building the the WWE uh, Hall of Fame uh, museum. Um, let's just say it's going in Florida. Uh, what else are you putting in as far as not only the history, uh, the memorabilia, the nostalgia, but what do you see it uh, maybe developing as an entertainment center? Um, and then let's talk about the crazy idea of a theme park that could be associated yeah. to this. <laughs> Right, because that is the craziest idea. <laughs> and later we'll do an NFL theme park in a basketball. I don't know, but I there think this go. one actually lends more to any other sport. So, I, what do we yeah. think of that? <laughs> An NFL theme park. Oh, right? so oh would, man! Like for for me, <laughs> if we're talking just like just, I'm just going to focus on a Hall of Fame museum for yep. the for the you know for right now. Uh, but what could really take? A Hall of WWE Hall of Fame Museum experience to the next level would be the incorporation of animatronics, interactive displays, mm -hmm. and possibly some augmented reality experience. So I, I think you know all these bronze statues that they're building are great for photo ops, and they're extremely low maintenance and cost efficient. But I've personally always wanted the opportunity to stand next to Andre the Giant, mm -hmm. see him move, listen to him talk. And maybe even have a conversation with them. And with all the advances in animatronics these days, that could actually happen. Yeah. That is a possibility. We can bring back to life some of these wrestlers that either are, are gone or were, were cut, their lives were cut way too short, way too soon. Um, so another experience I thought would be really amazing to to um, experiences using augmented reality glasses to bring a room full of static statues to life so imagine computer generated versions of hall of fame wrestlers that emerge from the statues in this room and begin cutting promos on one another and brawling all over the room <laughs> and the blending of that practical and virtual world uh, could result in, in just some amazing interactions with the Hall of Famers who are no longer with us. I mean, that would just be bonkers and so much fun. Yeah. So what you want to kind of do is take the NBA experience at Disney Springs, but make it successful is what you're saying, <laughs> right? Like actually make it something that people want to go to is what it kind of sounds like. Because Someplace honestly, the NBA tried to stuff. do that. I mean, the NBA tried to bring you into the NBA experience without really doing it and, and i think what you're bringing up logan sounds amazing i mean you know i mean and you're right in the day of animatronics and and even wax figures you're right i remember standing next to andre the giant as a 10 year old that would be something fascinating to stand next to him now you know as a much larger man um and those types of things david what do you think of kind of logan's ideas and maybe you know some of the additions that you would add to to something like that yeah, without a doubt, you know, the, the main thing about wrestling is the wrestler's personality. So if you had a way to 
you know, if you've never seen Ric Flair in person, he's still alive, but you know, to see the classic like Ric Flair pop out of a, out of a statue and cut a promo on you would be, would be (laughs) next level. But um, also one of the, you know, one of the greatest things about professional wrestling is the entrance. Am I right? Like the music and the pyro and rest. We could do an episode just alone on wrestlers entrance musics and like how they're known by their entrance music. How many people would give, you know, 50 American dollars to have their own entrance that needs to be like a, they do that at the access, I think, but just on a bigger level in a museum, can you imagine coming down a ramp with like your music and your pyro and then they record it and, you know, (laughs) magic band beep, just beep it. And then you have your own like professionally videotaped wrestling entrance. So um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 43 year old man and I would still do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I love that idea too. Um, well, let's, let's talk about what could be more attraction or ride based ideas, which I think is the one that, uh, is really going to put you guys to the test. Um, and, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to put out some, some WWE hall of famers and, and, and I will say from the beginning, uh, Logan was so nice to provide me with a list of some of these. Um, I can certainly throw in some of my own that I, I know of, which is, is limited, but if you had an opportunity to basically uh, base attractions um, of some sort, whether it was a ride, an attraction, a show, off of some of these different Hall of Famers, uh, let's hear what you would do. Um, first one I really am interested in because I actually looked up a lot of videos of him. Uh, I know who he is, and, and, and most people do, but Stone Cold Steve Austin, what would that look like? David, you want to go first? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, you'd have to start with a bar, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. He, you know, he was known for attitude and 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 not caring what people thought. So something really um, he was also known for his finishing move, which was a stone cold stunner. Right. Something super impactful and like instant. So for me, I picture taking something like tower of terror or dr doom's death drop and making it the stone cold stunner like you're up and then you just get boom dropped really fast Uh, you know with like that sudden impact at the bottom which i think would kind of lend a ride feel to his to his finisher and then you know they pour beer on your head when it's over (laughs) (laughs) that sounds good there's yeah there's a bar at the end i like that okay yeah what do you also, also going off of this beer <laughs> concept. <laughs> so what I want is I want a Stone Cold Steve Boston interactive dark ride where you ride around in Stone Cold's beer truck <laughs> and use a gimbal gun mounted uh, blaster like a fire hose and you soak every member of the WWE roster. So you wow. are just driving through all of the back scene envi- backstage environment at a WWE event in this beer truck and you're just hosing everybody so uh, that was one of the most iconic moments in stone cold's wrestling history where he did this uh and if the park decides that that is too adult to to have that much focus on beer we can change it to the kurt angle kurt angle milk truck experience exactly the <laughs> milk truck experience so that's what's so great about this it works both ways man all right, uh, you said beer, so I'm I'm down for that ride. Uh, what about Eddie Guerrero? 
well, I'll take this one. So <laughs> yeah, I, at first I was like, man, it's, you know, it's gotta be something fast and spinning and flipping and just something that really captures his wrestling style. But then I was like, wait a minute, we're on main street magic. I got to bring it back to Disney. There you go. So for all the Disney fans out there for this particular wrestler, I'm going to focus on the low rider cars that he would sometimes use during his ring entrance. And I'm going to retheme Luigi's Rollick and Roasters into Latino heat. (laughs) Got dancing lowriders and Latin music blaring and all of these vehicles dancing around, just capturing the fun of Eddie Guerrero's personality. He was just such a fun wrestler, not only in the character he portrayed, but the way he wrestled. And so this kind of family-friendly attraction would really capture that. He was the real life Ramon from Cars. Yeah, I mean, legitimately. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I yeah, I can't I can't top Logan on that one. He, uh, I'm sure your listeners know his background in uh, amusement park ride design. So I'm gonna yes. do my best. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not bad. Well, here, okay. So here's one that, that again, as I kind of went through and I was starting to do some research the best I could, uh, that I thought seemed like such a cool. I'll just say character, but you know, a wrestler athlete was Booker T. Um, oh. <laughs> that to me seems like something that could lend to, uh, quite a, a few different attractions. Um, All right, well, David, what do you th- think? This one, this one is like, there's only one way to go with this one. I think so. <laughs> so Booker T is, um, more famous in WCW than he is WWE. He was, uh, he was there five time, five time, five time, five time, five time world heavyweight champion. Wow. And uh, his celebration after winning a move would be what he would call the spin rooney which is where he would uh, get in the middle of the ring and basically do a break dancing kind of spin. So I think you're missing the boat if you don't have a teacup style or, <laughs> you know, some form of Booker T's spin rooney that you can ride on. Dude, Absolutely, y'all. Y'all's 100%. knowledge is blowing my mind. Like just, seriously, and just him yelling five times, five, five times, five times. <laughs> and he, and it, we got to also bring in King Booker. So it's got to be the King Booker personality. Oh man, <laughs> wow! That was a. I forgot how cool King Booker was. King Booker was amazing. So. Hey, do you, you think they could get away with using GI Bro, or you think they're going to not use that one? Yeah, I think they're going to pass. His original character, Jeremy, was a military character called GI Bro. Is that not to be confused with uh, Sergeant Slaughter? Because I actually know that name. Was that he was was he ever a real wrestler? Or was that actually just created for uh, GI oh no, Joe? Was, and or was it which way did that go? He was a wrestler. First. Okay, first because I had his action yeah. figure from GI Joe. Yes, he was. A, so. He was a legitimate drill sergeant that became oh, wow. a professional wrestler. Okay, um, he was always like a like a good guy. You know, the typical American army good guy. So yeah. GI Joe took him, made him a character. Um, ironically at the height of the Gulf war, the first Gulf war, the WWE was like, Oh, we have this awesome patriotic United States drill sergeant. Let's make him an Iraqi sympathizer. So (laughs) because we had the patriotic Hulk Hogan who needed an (laughs) opponent. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one. We're going to do a, a Londra blaze. Londra blaze. So, uh, for th- for those of you who don't know, she also wrestled as the character Medusa. So 
with her, she outside of wrestling was also a professional monster truck driver. Oh wow. And racer. Oh wow. So if if we're gonna do something for her, I, I'm gonna have to say again, relating it back to Disney, I'm gonna take something like a big thunder mountain type attraction, except give it a monster truck theming. <laughs> so have it to where you're just driving around. You can still do some kind of uh, desert environment or whatever, or you just make it some kind of really fun environment where instead of being in a train, you're in like a multiple monster trucks just barreling through and driving over cars and all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, that sounds good. I'd ride that. Man, if we're, <laughs> if we're talking about, if we're starting to get into the, like the realm of the women's wrestlers, um, what if you took Spaceship Earth and made it Trish's stratosphere? So oh, Trish Stratus is like a, a really well-known 90s, like in the height of the Attitude Era. Okay. And uh, Stratus makes me think of like space and, and out there and stuff like that. So I think you could do something like that if you're, you know, if you're trying to theme something for, towards the more popular women's wrestlers. Well, with that, then let's move on to the Bella Twins who I also Googled, um, which was cool. Wait, you didn't know who the Bella <laughs> twins were? No clue. Seriously? I really had total none. divas. None, none Nothing? whatsoever. Do you know, who do John you Cena ever watch is? E? I know John <laughs> Cena is come on, man. I at least know that much. That's not what about dancing with I the know. stars. Have you watched dancing with the stars? Uh, you know, I really you have know? not. I did I've, watch that one I time. That. <laughs> I did watch the one time when Carlton, which again, I just could still call him Carlton <laughs> was on. I think that was about it. So, um, this, the, but this is an interesting one. I mean, again, you got you got two you, twin female wrestlers. What do uh, what do we do here that is maybe appropriate for families? Um, <laughs> I do know that you know back when they first came along, they used to look a little bit more alike. They're you can pretty much tell them apart now, but yeah. like back in the early days, they were almost identical. So um, what they would do a lot of times was something called twin magic where like one of them would get hurt and like roll under the ring and the other one would roll out and like take their place and then win the match. So um, I think you could do something like maybe even like a theater show that's some sort of like oh. 3D or something like involving twin magic or using that as kind of like a like a starting point. I, honestly, I mean... I don't really know much what you could do with the Bellas. I mean, the way they got fearless. Nikki said she's fearless or something like that. Yeah, I would probably, I'm just trying to think because since they are twins and I'm thinking a twin coaster, I'm thinking maybe the West Coast racers that uh, opened at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Um, and that one is, is sort of car themed, but just the idea of a, a dual track um, racing coaster where you've got two of them that look identical. They're just slightly different colors and they're, they're going back and forth and back and forth with one another. And that could incorporate that twin aspect and still have sort of the, the fun and funky aspect of the, the, the girls themselves also maybe even make it kind of like a rock and roller coaster type of vibe where there's, there's a, a lot of music and visuals and something that really captures their their dual personalities that i mean that sounds good like yeah okay 
I'll take that one. <laughs> as much as I know what to say. I'm, that I was just, a hard one. I was still thinking of the pictures of them earlier, so I was like, well, that sounds good to me if they're featured on it. But um, so, well, 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 let's I can't talk. believe you've never heard of I can't believe you've never heard of I know. I'm, you know what? I, I know the ones that I think most people know, like wrestling. Again, I was texting you guys earlier, and I'm like, look, I saw Fighting With My Family, which I feel like gives me some sort of credit. Even though Only I have if you no remember idea. the name of the wrestler in the movie. I don't. I don't at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you lose all credit. I know. I remember The Rock was in it, and I loved it, and I know he like produced it and all that. So that was that that's was the whole reason he was knowledge. in it because like that doesn't work out that The Rock would have been there at that no. time and all that kind of and stuff. Then, <laughs> no. So literally, so 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 I listen. I've been listening to Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach Braff and Donald Faison as they do their Scrubs rewatch. I've been listening to it for a year, like two months ago. Um, Zach is talking about, and he's been, he's brought his girlfriend on plenty of times and he just always called her, um, Flo. And I'm like, okay, whatever. She comes on, she's British. And finally he says her full name and I'm like, that sounds familiar. And then he's like, yeah, you know, we're, um, now that I'm part of the Marvel family and I'm like, wait a second, what is happening? And I look her up and I'm like, oh my God, she's in black widow. And then he tells a story about how she can basically just kick his butt all over the place because not only did she train for Black Widow, but she trained for being in fighting with my family. And then I look her up and I'm like, that was her. That's insane. So, yeah, Florence Pugh. I did not I did not connect all those because I'm just not smart, guys. And she, she portrayed was. who? Thank you. Yeah. that The girl in fighting with my family. The Age. Wonderful. Age. Yes. The wonderful female wrestler. She was very good. Um, so I did enjoy what's, that movie very much. Hey, what's Paige doing now? It's a great question. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> Logan can answer. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Who, who, oh, this is, wait, I think this is something I might know. Wasn't there a big time female wrestler that came from Towson University in Maryland where I went for a whole semester? Who was that? I you should that. know that. I don't know that. <laughs> would have been a, oh man it, i think she i feel like she was there right before i went in 97 98 um, man if the, only there was some sort of like interactive website that you could man. put that question into that would answer it so what i'm thinking is after this episode we develop that because that would be <laughs> that would be uh that would be good so what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you another question and then if somehow i come up with the answer that's just what happens so that would be good. Um, so, so you guys are talking about the event in Jacksonville, uh, which will be this Friday uh, as this episode comes out. Um, and uh, so this is called The House Always Wins, and it's the first non-televised event held by All Elite Wrestling uh, since they were found in 2019. Do either of you see the chance of uh, AEW entering the themed entertainment industry somewhere down the line when obviously they're going against powerhouses such as WWE. So I think the company is way too young to consider going big with anything like their own theme park. But I also think there are some opportunities for them to partner with regional parks and bring the AEW brand and live matches to the parks um, they've already held live matches on a cruise ship. So why not take the show on the road when it's safe again and tape shows of AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, or AEW Dynamite from inside uh, parks. So, for example, just hypothetically, if AEW were to partner with a company like Six Flags, 
that has 15 theme parks and 10 water parks spread across the United States, Canada, and Mexico. They can not only maybe hold live events inside the parks for an additional price, just like Disney and Universal would do with their holiday events, but they could also provide unique meet and greet opportunities. They could create exclusive merchandise and they could temporarily rename some of their key attractions with AEW theming. That's, that's, that's just kind of what, if, if I'm thinking just out of the box, that that's where I would go with it. Well, you got to think back in the day, um, WWE's main competition was WCW and they used to film in Hollywood studios and they'd film in uh, somebody did stuff in universal too. Oh, TNA filmed in universal yeah, yeah. for the longest time. So there, I mean, there is a history of yep. wrestling companies partnering with amusement parks or, you know, theme parks to, uh, bring multiple different fans from different genres all to the same place. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And, and something I just remembered without looking it up on the internet was it was Stacy Keebler, uh, mm-hmm. who was part of the nitro girls in WCW. You so you just, Good when you memory. said WCW, hey, David, you sparked my memory without me ever looking. You know what else internet. I <laughs> do? You know what else I remember now that we're talking about yeah. that is, um, there's a wrestler for NXT named Casey Catanzaro, who you might know from American Ninja Warrior. She was the first female to, I believe, uh, finish that course. Oh, wow. She is now prof- she's now a professional wrestler whose alma mater is Towson, Towson University. Yeah, she was the first one that came up. And then I actually remembered that Stacy was the- I actually brought I was like, no, I looked up. I said Towson female wrestler. And she was the first <laughs> one that came up. And then I was like, no, what? I, I remember her name was Stacy. Um, all right, so let's stick real quick and go through a couple names with AEW in the same thing of maybe an attraction type based. Uh, first one we're going to go to because this one I, I know is a, a Logan fan favorite is uh, and he wrote this down as this way: Britt Baker, DMD. Now she an actual <laughs> is she an actual doctor of dentistry or does DMD yeah. mean something so, different in the wrestling nope. world? She's a Britt dentist. Britt Baker is a practicing dentist oh my she, goodness. she went to wrestling school and dental school at the same time okay that's and it is awesome. a practicing dentist um i'm gonna let i'm gonna <laughs> let logan take how to theme this ride because he's uh he's been on the brit breaker train for a couple weeks here i like how i just was trying it's to make amazing. a complete joke that, of it and you're like hardcore no, match against thunder rosa was just that's oh, that's man. my match of the year match of the year i <laughs> so, loved hey, it I showed that to uh, my partner at work is not a uh, not a big wrestling fan. And uh, I was watching that at work because we didn't have a call the other day and he was watching it over my shoulder and he's like, OK, I'm going to watch this all the time yeah. now. Yeah, it was a game changer. I kind of feel that way now. So, OK, so sticking with my what, what I previously talked about is if let's just hypothetically say <laughs> AEW made some kind of agreement with a park chain like a six flags for me since brit is from pennsylvania yeah exactly but there aren't any six flags in that state i'm gonna head over to six flags great adventure in new jersey and since brit's finisher is called the lockjaw i can't think of a better ride that truly causes a rider's jaw to lock than the iconic accelerator coaster king to this coaster goes from zero to 128 miles per hour in 3.5 seconds, then climbs 90 degrees 
up to a height of 129 feet before spiraling back down. Wow. That will give you lockjaw. That is my Britt Baker-themed ride. Well, I mean, can you argue, well, David? Like, there's nothing nope. you can write. No, I, mean, I got just. I got nothing. All right. Well, she, well yeah. That's... You have to. And, you, man, Logan, I know it's like family parks and stuff. You got a brand that would like that picture, her smiling and just like. With the blood. The blood. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So so she she had this iconic moment, um, not this hardcore match, but she got her nose broken in like a, just a random match. She got her nose broken. And, and blood pouring down her face and she's you know she's a very pretty girl well she looks at the camera bloodied and smiles this like crazy smile and like from that point on her character went through the roof oh, gone. Wow. that is one thing Britt baker and myself have in common broken noses well there you go <laughs> and yours attracts, was and attractive next smiles. wrestler <laughs> yours was caused by a trampoline <laughs> no, no, no. That was a, a baseball in the nose. Oh, that was okay. a baseball. <laughs> the trampoline was the black eye. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, next one I'm very interest, interested in. I probably am pronouncing it wrong. The um, And I asked David earlier because I want to know, what is a, what is a, a lucha, luchasaurus? Is that what we're talking luchasaurus. about? Luchasaurus. Is that a person? Lucha, luchasaurus? Luchasaurus. Okay. It, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luchasaurus is a dude who's probably six, seven, six, six eight. Seven, yep. All right. Big, gigantic, muscly dude that wears a uh, like a dinosaur mask, for lack of a better word. Okay. Um, right. Luchasaur is a Mexican wrestler. So uh, when you see those wrestlers in those masks, like Rey Mysterio or or any kind of those fancy masks, that's a Mexican res- wrestler called a luchador. Okay. So what they've done is take dinosaur and luchas, luchador and combine them, and he's Luchasaurus. Um, yeah. I think that character came from there was a um, there was a show for a while called Lucha Underground, which was like a it was wrestling, but it was also like a weekly drama. Like they had movie style clips, but they would mix it with wrestling matches, and they all wore masks like luchadors. And this dude just got branded as a dinosaur. And uh, he's really he's really talented. He moves incredibly well for a gigantic guy. So it's taken off and become popular. So he's a he's a luchasaurus. Wow! All right. Okay. Similar to my and story. I, <laughs> if we're doing a ride, it's got to be like a Jurassic Park yeah, style, like yeah. dark water ride, right? E- either that, or if I'm gonna stick with my Six Flags theming. Well, oh, here he goes. <laughs> Since he is from Southern <laughs> California. I'm heading to Six Flags Magic Mountain, and this larger-than-life character has to, you know, he, he has to have a ride that matches that. So I would love to see them rename the hypercoaster Goliath into the Luchasaurus, because this coaster has a 255-foot drop and reaches the speed of 85 miles per hour. It's epic. I've ridden it. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it sounds fitting. I would, I would rather, I got to get to some other coast and it towers it where it's located in the park. It just towers over everything. It's it's amazing. I bet. Um, now is, how, how is this confused with what I'm looking at is the, the Lucha brothers. Is this Ooh, very different? <laughs> oh dear. You just love my, so... my, my intelligence as far as these go. <laughs> All right. Well, 
I'll take it again, I guess. The so the Lucha brothers are legitimate brothers. Uh, one of them's name is Ray Phoenix, and the other is uh, he's gone by a bunch of different names. It just depends on where he's wrestling. But Penta El Zero Miedo, which is Mexican for zero fear, right? Okay. Um, they're actual brothers who are a tag team called the Lucha Bros. And um, again, Mexican wrestlers, they wear their mask. Um, in Mexico, your mask is basically assigned to you when you're training. You're given this mask and you're given like, this is who you are. And you don't ever see a Mexican wrestler without a mask on. Out hmm. to dinner, in public, nothing at all. Really? If they lose their mask, it's like a dishonor. It's like they have mask for mask matches. And that's like the end of a career. If somebody loses their mask, that character usually doesn't come back. Wow. Um, so, yeah, um, Penta and Ray are traditional luchadors and actual brothers and um, quite quite an entertaining tag team to watch. Yeah. Interesting. And if I'm going with my Six Flags theming. You're talking dueling coasters? Um, since they are from Mexico City, <laughs> I'm going to Six Flags Mexico. And what's really cool about these two is when combined with the wrestler known as Pac, they become the Death Triangle, which would be the perfect rename for the triple drop tower known as Kilauea at Six Flags Mexico. And it is a perfect representation of these three high flyers. And while I am at Six Flags Mexico, <laughs> I'm also going to talk about renaming the hybrid coaster Medusa into the Mexican female wrestler Thunder Rosa. That is such a great name for a roller coaster. And yeah. again, she's amazing. She deserves a ride. I'm, I'm like already looking her up because that's fascinating. Uh, I like that. Um, next one I want to talk about is, uh, which I think looks like a cool name. Again, never heard of any of these, but the Dark Order sounds <laughs> like a ride I would go on. Like, I mean, that sounds fun. Oh, man. The, the, oh, the dark, where to start with the Dark Order? Ooh, can I take this one? Oh, please do. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I've had to do all the dorky history stuff. Like, man, this guy knows nothing but history of wrestlers and stuff. So please take one. So this is where I got, I got to momentarily stop making my Six Flags references only because I, I had this idea that popped in my head and it's just too funny not to share. So the Dark Order is this faction that is relentlessly pursuing other wrestlers to join their team and they're currently being managed by nine-year-old Brody Lee Jr. So I thought it would be amazing to create a dark ride with the sole purpose of recruitment using an infectiously catchy song and a similar visual style of It's a Small World. Oh my <laughs> and I oh think my. It, it would be the perfect, the perfect combination of the zaniness that is yeah. the dark order. And if you if you really want to experience the absolute hilarity that is the dark order, watch some of the being the elite. And it's it's just so funny, so ridiculous. This team that originally started as sort of this heel faction that was going around and you know, they're basically like getting people to join their cult. And it started out as this very your negative thing. Oh, it's a cult. It's negative. But then they have just become so funny and so well-loved that they are now a face faction. And they are just absolutely hilarious. 
So that's what I'm going to say yeah. is like they're not actually a wrestler, they're a cult. But in Correct. a good in a, in a good way. Like more in a, like a, in a good way. Like more like a cool gang. Like is that yeah. like more of a yes. way to Okay. All right. So well, that sounds fun. So Logan was mentioning, you know, they have a 9-year-old who's basically their manager and their leader. Yeah, why um, wouldn't you? Well, the story <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a sad story behind it, but there was a wrestler named Brody Lee who was really famous in WWE as Luke Harper, but he was way underused, like never on TV at the end, just they never let him talk. And he came over to AEW, became himself, turned up to 11, right? And took over the leadership of this cult. And it became a mega popular heel group. They were just beating up everybody. Uh, Brody Lee was like next level. Um, Brody Lee got really sick and died. Oh, gosh. 41. I think he was 41, right? 41, like yeah. Yeah. His son is nine years old and is the biggest wrestling fan in the world. And what they've done is made this kid family. So, like, amazing. to help him get over losing his father, he's de facto become the leader of the Dark Order. Oh, and wow. now they're so loved. They're so funny. And um, like Logan said, they used to recruit them, like, to be evil but then it started like they were handing them kool-aid to recruit them like like to actually get them to drink the kool-aid right? right so the gimmick was they'd be slipping kool-aid to people who would never drink the kool-aid i mean you can't hate that right right so so yeah um a small world style dark order if you get man if you get a theme song like an infectious, oh my gosh it would be amazing absolutely sure. amazing like i would just want to write it over and over and over again because if you get off the ride and that dark order song if you are singing it all day long after you get off the ride just like you do with it's a small world then they have one That's awesome. <laughs> then you recruit they recruited you. you are recruited yeah buy a mask yeah. Well, yeah, that's going to help. Oh, the merch, the mask. The merch, exactly. Oh, the merch oh would be, in, yeah, the merch would be insane, especially nowadays with. And you can you put know. whatever number you want yep. on your mask and you claim that identity. Oh, that's a win. Yeah, that's the thing. So they are numbers, right? Like okay. um, there's five, there's 10, there's uh, Evil, Evil Uno. Uno. Yeah. So they're, they're numbered. one. Once you get in, you get a number. You don't get your name. So okay. you could pick your own number or whatever. And. Dude, you could do a you could do a thing where like print your own certificate, pick your own number, you know. Exactly. You can yeah. join. You can literally sign up right there on the spot. Sold. So what would you guys pick if you joined the uh dark order? What would your fourteen? That's 14. my number. Okay. Twenty three. Oh, okay, wow. All right, that was quick. All right. Um <laughs> well, well And not for Michael Jordan. I was just I know. I like that went to my head, but I I wasn't gonna go there. Ryan Sandberg, sir. Ryan okay. Sandberg was the All first right. Chicago person with twenty three. <laughs> there you go. Um what are um I, I'm gonna switch uh gears a little bit. What are your thoughts on pro wrestlers uh becoming actors? Obviously Dwayne Johnson has <laughs> done it to every success that you could. Um do you feel that, and if he's listening to this, I apologize, good sir. Is John Cena just trying to be the rock? Is he trying to do his own thing? What is what? What do you think is the idea of some of these pro wrestlers who obviously are actors getting into becoming professional actors? Is it because their wrestling career is over and they already know how to act? I mean, John Cena, in, and again, my mind is following similar footsteps of... 
Let's do some some campy, funny, low budget comedies, kids movies. Let's try to get into action. Obviously, Dwayne Johnson has mastered it. Do you see other pro style wrestlers having the ability to follow in the footsteps of Dwayne Johnson? Well, I think you've I think you've forgotten to mention one of the ones who's who's way up there already, Batista. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. So, I mean, Batista avoided the campy sort of comedy. Yeah. You know, sort of got into those like direct HBO action movies till he kind of cut his teeth. And then, you know, he gets a role like Drax that shows his action, his personality, all of it wrapped into one. And now he's, you know, he's pretty well known. Um, I think scene has done a really good job of going against the grain. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Like, if you did you see the new um clip for the new suicide squad, suicide squad. Yes. i can't wait yes right so yes to me by making him peacemaker he they're taking like his wholesome image and Boom. like using it against him but in the best kind of way yeah so i mean i think you know it's like we were talking earlier i think with a, a wrestler becoming an actor they're used to doing it in one take you know like you get a, you get somebody who's used to the light coming on, doing what they're supposed to do, and then being done. So yeah. why wouldn't a director like salivate over working with somebody like that that yeah. can just knock it out in one take and be done? Logan, and I mean, thoughts? and you you can't talk about the success of The Rock as an actor without going back to Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Hollywood Hulk Hogan, okay. who really set the groundwork. For so many of these wrestlers, I mean, come on, Suburban Commando, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is just great TV right there, man. <laughs> yeah. What's right, that smell? Right. It's, it's dookie. You just, you never forget lines like that. <laughs> um, I mean, but if you, but even if you look at that, <laughs> Hulk Hogan started, Hulk Hogan wasn't Hulk Hogan before he was in Rocky Three. Yeah. So he was, he was Thunderlips really before he was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, so who, who, who now, uh, either, well, not past really, but maybe present, uh, coming up to, into the future of wrestlers, would you like to next, uh, see make the jump to the Hollywood, uh, action movie, you know, hero type career? Is there somebody specifically you guys would like to see make that leap? Mm. Well, you know, I, I am happy to see Sasha on uh the mandalorian i i I think that's what we'll probably be seeing more and more of are actually some of the breakout female superstars Mm -hmm. and wrestlers i'm just waiting for them to really start getting those those uh you know big time blockbuster movies like you've had with the the rock so i think it's just a matter of time for them to get the same kind of treatment yeah totally Uh, rousey's another one that's crossed over but oh yeah I don't know if that was, you know, she was a fighter and then kind of did acting in WWE at the same time. Yeah, I was about to say the MMA is really what led her into acting um, and, you know, got her into movies and stuff. Not really what she was doing with WWE. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, this has been this has been so much fun. Seriously, this has been like a blast for me. I hope you guys have had fun. Uh, I do want to end it in, in a certain way, which is 
I I went on. Let me see what was it. I went on uh, wrestlingname.com to generate your guys' wrestling <laughs> names. But before but before I give you that, I would like you guys to each come up with your own pro wrestler name, and then I'll tell you what wrestlername.com came up with, which is obviously the end all to be all. But I'll let you guys give a shot first, David. If if you had to choose your own pro wrestling name. What would it be? <laughs> I mean, we've already done this. We told you this earlier. <laughs> we started the show with this. Come on, man. I know, I know, but we're going to come I back mean, to it. Realistically, I'll get, I'll answer your question in a second. Logan and I, if we would have had YouTube when we did Who's Your Dad oh, Wrestling, the, 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 you talk about Logan and I being storytellers, the intricacy of the storylines that we wrote for our we we weaved a six month masterpiece based <laughs> off of World War Two. I'm not even kidding. Each wrestler was a was a country. Uh, there was twists and turns, and I mean, so yeah. If if I I can't have a computer generate my wrestling name when I'm I know. I'm already a wrestler. Darn it, you are. <laughs> you are. But I'm thinking I I'm mean, thinking of the 2021 version, right? <laughs> David is back in. I mean, I guess here's what would I it be the same. So my my finishing move when I was a wrestler um, was a uh, a super kick, being as mm-hmm. I am a martial artist. Yeah. Um, and I called it the lights out. So I'll just call myself lights out instead. How about that? See, I love that. <laughs> uh, actually, that's outstanding, Logan. See, I, like, I really like that. That's why I wanted to like we de- we've we've grown, we've developed during the last hour and a half. Uh, I didn't know <laughs> if anything had changed. Name, like, let's let's do this, Logan. What do you oh. think? You going with the same thing, or you got something new? Well, I don't know, man. You know, if if we're going after uh, your new name is your old finisher, then Ooh. that means I am the hangman. But unfortunately, oh, that's taken. that title yeah. is already taken by the AEW wrestler Adam Page. Okay. He's right. and he's doing it justice too. My goodness. Yeah, he is. It's so, he's good. so good. Hey, Logan, do you read his captions when he comes out? No. Okay. When he comes out, read his little introduction. There's a little line above it that's always different. Like, like needs money for a lawnmower. Um, <laughs> had a bad day at the bar. They're hilarious. You have to like just go back. I'm sure you can find them on YouTube or something. That sounds very Matt Hardy. Uh it's very I think it's very Adam Page. I think he writes them himself. Sorry, sorry, no, I just love you two are geeking out. It's great. Um, So so here's what again, not nearly as good, but here's what. um, uh, Let's see. It was wrestlingname.com came out with Uh, David. You would be a Saint Skyflyer. What do you think about that? Not not so fitting. I don't feel like not much saintly about me. Yeah, I don't care Uh, for that one. If I'm being honest. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't recall having much of an aerial uh, attack so i don't know so maybe not. logan um actually i think yours is not bad you would be wild wolverine oh man. which i think well, is actually hey, pretty fitting i'll take it i'll that's, take it logan wolverine that's a no-brainer right there yeah not that i have any any purpose or any sort of right to be involved in any sort of wrestling avenue um, I would be the bionic knight. Well, I, I, I apologize for having the best name. <laughs> I feel like I should have like a fake arm, like, uh, 
Winter Soldier. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, not too bad, right? So, so I, I feel like the next step we have to take in this is we got to film Jeremy cutting a promo. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. That really would be. Um, hey, one thing I do want to to just before we wrap up, yes, sir. Just because I absolutely sort of fell in love with this this idea. If if we're going back to just kind of taking WWE characters and making some kind of attraction out of them, and if I'm trying to relate it back to Disney, so I want to do Paul Bearer's House of Horrors. I want to retheme the Haunted Mansion uh, to be Paul Bearer's home where only the most hellish WWE characters can be found. So. You visit Undertaker's graveyard. You go to the room where Kane was burnt alive. You go to Mankind's padded cell, Papa Shango's voodoo quarters, Boogeyman's worm garden, and you end your trip inside the Firefly Funhouse where the Fiend and the Dark Alexa Bliss are dying to play with you. That would just be an epic WWE-themed dark ride attraction. So, Logan, I do have a question. Who's Paul Bearer? Ooh. <laughs> oh. So Paul Bearer is the <laughs> Hall of Fame manager for The Undertaker, for Kane, okay. for All Mankind. Right. And he had a voice, Undertaker. <laughs> he just had this great voice. Who was who the little guy that used to interview everyone? Dean Gene. Okay. All right. See, I'm just... I did some research. I did watch a lot of YouTube videos. The little guy. The little <laughs> He was very short. Right with a little mustache, slightly bald yep, up top. Yep. Right. Yeah. Hey Logan, if you did if you did Haunted Mansion like that, um, Alexa Bliss could take that bride's spot <laughs> and you could have yes. her like you know what, like in different Change. scenes. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Go cool. from uh what is it, play to pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love it. Another thing I'd want to do is you can't talk about WWE wrestlers and interactive games without talking about the new day and so i would love to see a toy story midway mania type ride themed around Ooh. the new day where you are shooting out bootios cereal pancakes. you are are collecting pancakes throwing them out you've got francesca the trombone and unicorn references everywhere feel the power that would be phenomenal i would i'd be all about that <laughs> I mean, I would say I would, too. I agree with you guys because <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Um, wow. This, I mean, this is this has been so much fun. Seriously. Like for me, I hope it was for you guys. I know I'm just the idiot over here. Yeah, know absolutely. Anything, this is a blast. But this was so Without much fun. Out. Um, we're going to. So 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 moving forward, I know this is like a bonus episode. Obviously, Logan has become a wonderful fixture on Main Street Magic and, and everybody Loves him to death. Uh, David, we're going to get you on because you do have so much knowledge and so much artistic ability. Um, plus, if anybody was watching on Zoom, you have dance moves, which is pretty cool, too. But, um, we're, you know, I, I, I do. I, I like these ideas of some bonus episodes that truly go out of the box, uh, especially with you guys knowing everything that you do and having your history together. I'm happy to always moderate 
and, you know, hopefully learn more myself, uh, but bring more knowledge to our listeners. I am down for bonus episodes. If you guys are, um, I would love to do some in the future where we can all sit around a table and, and, you know, have a beer and, and uh, eat some pizza or something and do some of these types of things. So we got to have the special Care Bear episode. No, I'm a Care Bear fan. No, the Jare Bear episode. Oh, the Jare Bear. No, we need to go find thing. all the phone chargers at oh, Epcot man. Food and Wine. I know where they all are. I, I there's know all, all four of them. <laughs> all four of them. I will find them. And then, weird thing is, they're all next to uh, beer flight stations. That's the no. crazy part about it. Is, I don't know how they worked that. Well, I mean, out, while you're there, you might as well get a flight. You might as well. And you. That's how. What we was amazing? You sh- your phone was never charged the whole time. Well, I'm pretty sure I think it's because Epcot is so old that when you actually plug it in, like it never really sticks. It just falls out a little bit. I hate that. That happens at the airport all the time. All the time, guys. And Um. I can't wait to I can't wait to do a recap podcast of that. We should do that. You know what we should do? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, we just have to. Yeah, we have to do an actual trip. So there we go. And then we'll going to be a Wonderland crew live feed. Totally. We will, we will do that. We will do that. No, I do. I miss, I, I miss you guys. I miss hanging out with you guys. Um, I was fortunate enough to see Logan not that long ago. David, I've not seen you in what feels like uh, forever. Um, so we'll make that happen as craziness Absolutely. starts to subside. Um, but that'll be fun. But no, guys, dude, thank you all so much for coming on. This has been enlightening. It has been fun for anyone that was not interested in this episode. I'm pretty sure they will be by the end because I thought this was fascinating and I'm now a pro wrestling fan and I'm going to go back and watch it. Like, seriously. Perfect. I'm totally going to go back and watch it. Just watch Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Amazing. Well, I'm totally down for that. That sounds like something I would enjoy. And any Young Bucks match you can find. Okay, Young Bucks. All right, let me write that one down too. So I got that one. It was really just scribble, but I'll I'll remember it later when I listen back. Uh, thank you guys again. Uh, we will catch up soon. We will do some more uh, fun episodes like this in the future. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will uh, you'll hear from us real soon. Mm-hmm.